Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's uh, Thursday night. The truth is, I'm really wiped out, but I would like to um, do this uh, Tefillah podcast today. Uh, tomorrow will be too busy, uh, which is, as always, excuse me, this podcast being sponsored by Mishpacha Stavansky. And Basal Stavansky asked me to uh, say a few words about some of the parts of the uh, Shmanes Ray, which I haven't touched on yet. These are the ones that people do every day, of course. And uh, he mentioned Allah Tzadikim. I thought I did it, but it doesn't matter. And so I'd like to address my remarks to that bracha. Allah Tzadikim, 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 and so forth, which everybody's, of course, familiar with. Um, since he asked me about it, I gave it some thought to today. So uh, I'll share with you my uh, opinion. If we don't know what the original Shemonestri looked like, we know what it looks like today. We know it's gone through several recensions and versions. The Gemara refers to some of them. Um, they talk about the fact that there were 18, but, um, you know, as I've mentioned several times over here, they're Lavdafka, they're identical to what we had today. And uh, I think everybody knows that the Valam Alshinim, Valaminim, however, the original language was, the preceding bracha was added later on as a result of the rise of sectarianism, the early Christians, the people which were a Jewish sect at that time, and uh, things like that. So, there is this uh, notion of the prayers reflecting a sectarian tension within Judaism. This is significant because it means that uh, the final form that the Shemonesri, uh you know, adopted and became hardened and rigidified, and that's the one we use today, is about 2,000 years old approximately, something along those lines. And in my opinion, if you think about it, the al Sadiqim is like a reworking or a, a, comes later, I would think, than the preceding bracha, which will be a surprise to many people. Because usually we say there were 18 and then they tacked on the 19th. I'm not, I'm not saying that didn't happen, but it doesn't mean it's identical uh, content form with what we had today. When they added the 19th, I think they rearranged and touched up some other parts of the other brachas. Now I'll tell you what I mean. What's interesting, think about this. And again, I didn't give so much thought to this, except that since I was asked to speak about it, that I concentrated my mind to the degree that it did. Um, most of the brachas you see in Shemun are general standard homogenous brachas for all Jews. Slach, lonu, rein, ovion, That's a national thing. Hashivenu, sarasecho, and so forth. Right? They're talking, they're, all Jews are like the same. Uh, we don't say Re'evi Onye Hatzidikim or something like that. Re'evi Onyeinu. Rifleinu. Barichaleinu. You see where I'm going? It's a usage of the generalized, um, you know, uh, adjective, uh, not the adjective, the generalized objects of the verb. Uh, the, the Jewish people, <clears throat> you know, we don't say Barichaleinu Shemes Hashanah Zeus 
the rich people, the rich way, the middle people, the middle way, and the poor people, the poor way. We say for just Berkelinu, the Kabbish of a good old Chiri saying new. Bloody show for all the Jewish people. By contrast, when you get to Lamoshinim and Al Tzadikim, you see something very interesting. The breaking up of Kla Yisrael into specific groups. Whoever composed these prayers was of the opinion that it's not true that Jewish people are all one big clump, but rather are composed of different elements. I would even say different types of elites, different aristocracies, Latov and Lara, or maybe I should say Lara Latov. So, for example, you have the first bracha, and then the second one, which is reactive to it, in my opinion. The first is what we call today Lamashinim, Yusuvi Laminim. So, who's mentioned there? There are the baddies, the bad guys in Kaiso. Who are the bad guys in Kaiso? It does not refer to people who are Mechal Shabbos, Etraif, and all the rest of it. <coughs> they are people who are uh, enemies of the nation, per se. Malshinim. Or enemies of the nation. Mind you, there has never been, and probably never will be, a community without Malshinim. Because I'll say that. And we know from history. Think of all these people who are joining up uh, BDS and all this other junk today. Among other things. So, Malshinim will always be there. That's one kind of arc criminal. Um, again, it's not people who have ritual violations. These are sectarians. So, Malshinim or Tattletales, meaning would be sectarians, people who start other forms of Judaism. Nothing is as disruptive of the Kla Yisrael idea as that. Um, uh, how, what else he got over there? Vazadim. Uh, Arrogant ones, he got your Malshinim, he got your Minim, he got your Zadim. You see where I'm going? These arguments. These are the people who are the enemies of the Jewish polity, uh, entity. <clears throat> and in traditional Judaism, those are the big sins. Obviously, the Tariq Mitzvahs are all big. And obviously, some have Chiyaskila and Karvis and all the rest. I know that. But as a overarching category... Those who, who sin against the claw, those who are opposed to claw, that's the biggest. How's it go? Cover baker. Right? So, uh, you know what I mean, under Russia. Now, uh, that's the big riches. Uh, not that he didn't need the right amount of matzah. Now, um, therefore, you have a whole series of bad guys. You finish that bracha, there you have again, then you want to flip it the opposite extreme. This is what you should do to the bad Jews. Because I'll say it again, the Medim, the Zedim, and the Malshinim are Yidin. Uh, now I want to talk about the good Jews. Just as the bad Jews are broken up into specific groups, so the good Jews, it's very interesting, are broken up into specific elites. What are the elites? The tzaddikim, the chassidim. Not every Jew is a tzaddik and a chassid, we know that. I don't want to get into, you know, if I wanted to, I could give a little disquisition and waste time, you know, what's the difference between a tzaddik and a chassid and all that. You know, you can look up Masilsi Sharm in such places. I don't think the average worshiper was expected to become a bucky in the technical terminology. Everybody knows what knew what a tzaddik is, right? Lives a, a, a life, 
Chavz Chaim is a tzaddik. The only guns are chassid. You know, like that. Go lift them sure it's a din. So what are we asking for? Don't, don't, what I just told you God to do to the bad guys, don't do that to the good guys. Those are two distinct elites. The tzaddikim, which would be your, you know, people act, live righteous lives. Chassidim go lift them sure it's a din or something like that. Well, Zikni Amcha Beis which sounds like the Rabbonim, or maybe the Olders, it's, you know, it's not 100% sure. I'll play this based off Ram. That's such an interesting phrase. When I was growing up, which was generations ago, I think it was self-understood, since it was coming after the Holocaust, I'll play this based off Ram, would be people who survived the war and are trying to rebuild the Yiddish guide best they can over here. Plays the base of him. I mean, you know, the point of is you're wrong, people like that, whatever, or, or people went through the camps and so forth. <clears throat> you know? After all, what was the great enterprise of the last 70 years? Plays the base of him. Whoever survived the terrors back there in Europe undertook to try to rebuild over here, or in Israel, or someplace like that. And you're praying every day, plays the base of him. And it wasn't different than the time when the Shemun was com- was composed. It wasn't the Nazis, but you had the Romans and the Persians. The Roman, each one in its own way, at different times, was destroying the, the Rabbonin. That's the history of those centuries when the Shmonesri is composed and touched up and redone. If you want the exact details of who persecuted who and which century and all the rest of it, you know, read Halevi, you know, read the Deras Rishonim or something like that. You know, in the 200s, it was uh, the Iranians and the rabbis ran away to the Romans and the 300s the other way around. And so forth. Now, therefore, when they say Al Tadim Chasidim Balzim Balpeis Base of Ram, that was a very real group. It, you know, reminds us the 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 one who's doing the praying that there's generally usually going to be a place of base of Ram. The remnants of the place base of Ram, you know, of of the schools of the yeshivas. Um, right now. I mean, thank God we haven't had those kind of persecutions, you know. But uh, you know, th- those are, are are major issues. So it's just interesting that before you get to, and Gary Adsetic, by the way, which is interesting also. I mean, who are, so these are five elites. Whoever composed, there's some big rabbi composed the current form of the Al Tzadikim. Uh, it's interesting who he saw as the elites. Tzadikim, Chassidim, okay. Um, you know, Zikni Amcha Beis you can kind of see that. The Zikanim in the sense of being older and Chashiv or, you know, scholarly. Um, and because there's a lot of Chazals about the Zikanim, God tells Moshe to get the Zikanim. And the place is based on Ephraim. Um, and then the Geri Hasidic. Isn't that interesting? In classic Judaism, the Garrett Sedek, not the regular Garrett. The Garrett Sedek is held up in very high esteem. Most times you don't have a Garrett Sedek, you just have a Garrett. Now, a Garrett's fine also. What I mean by that is, a Garrett is like you and I. If a person, the difference between a Garrett Sedek and a Garrett is, as the Rambam explains and others, if a person becomes a Garrett, let's say, for example, for marriage purposes and all the rest of it, which happens all the time, and uh, whatever they tell you, it's always was like that. You know, always was like that. Even in time of Tosis, you look around. 
So if somebody's converting because they fell for a girl or a girl fell for a guy, Jewish, a guy fell for a Jewish girl or a non-Jewish girl fell for a Jewish guy. So let's say they convert and they're honest, regular people. I know people like this, so do you. And they say, you know, I'm going to become a from Jew. And they do. There's no question about it. And they come Shomer Shabbos and the Taras Mishpach, the whole nine yards. And they said to kids, yeshivas, and sometimes their children have a great Talmud Chacham and all the rest of it, which has always been the case. Uh, so they're just as Jewish as you and I, but they're not Gerd Tzedek because they did it for ulterior reasons. Uh, I'll say it again. We're not casting aspersions on them as long as they are observant. We have plenty of game that are not observant. I'm talking about the ones that are. And uh, But on the other hand, at the end of the day, if he had met her and she had met him, they wouldn't have converted. You know what I mean? That's the way the cookie grumbled. And even if, you know, uh, a guy meets a non-Jewish girl and she converts and becomes religious Jew the other way around. I mean, we would have preferred a Jewish guy met a Jewish girl. It didn't work out that way. But as long as the non-Jewish partner completely, you know, keeps everything, they're as Jewish as you and I. A Gerritzedic is held up different because they're not mentioned in the Al-Tzadikim. It's the Gerritzedic. And the Gerritzedic, as you all know, is the one who comes without ulterior motive, who says, I, you know, like Rus, I want to come tachas kam fashchina. And uh, I'm not out to, it's not because I want to marry anybody. It's not because I'm looking for this or for that. And very often the Gerritzedic actually takes a demotion in their life and their society. But he or she doesn't care because they see that this is the truth and they're pulled to it in such a degree that they want to do it, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? No matter what. If anybody ever did a history, and I don't think anyone has, to my knowledge, of Gertzedeks down the centuries, I mean, I know a dozen or two from history, and of course there are a lot more, but I'm just saying uh, it would be a very interesting book. Uh, I want to say again, it's a Gertzedek, not a Ger. So these are obviously held to be the elites. Imagine, if you will, at the time that the Shemun was composed, certainly in the form that we have it now, the Kalei was was on the down, not on the up. The Romans were ruling. Persecution was rife. It was not easy. If someone then said, I just want to come to Kafas Tachas Kafashchina, and I want to become a Jew, because this is what I see is, is, the, is, is the right way that God wants, Come hell or high water. So they, you know, they obviously were held in great esteem and were included in the Shmonesri. To me, it's just like the most remarkable piece of the whole thing. So the Gerrit said it considered a member of the elites. So we just see that the negative elites are like four the Malshinim, the Minim, the Zaydim, and maybe somebody else. And the positive elites are the five the Tzadikim, the Chsidim, Zignam Rabbis Yisrael. The place of Raymond the Gary's sake. Uh, now, when these people say Yamun Rachamecha, so it sounds like the Zaydim say Akirus Shabbos Magir, all the rest of it. So, what does that mean? God should strike down and smash the bad ones. Which, by the way, is interesting. It doesn't say, Oh Lord, make them do tshuva. Uh, you know, doesn't say that. It says, You know, strike them down. But. In the process of striking them down, it could be that some of the good people be hurt because that's what happens. In my opinion, that's why they juxtaposed it. And they said, yeah, 
the bad guys, Shavrav Machniazadim. So let the city where the bad guys live get destroyed, but the good people in it leave alone. Al Tzadikim Machasim Vazikim Chabeisrael and so on and so forth. Yamun Rachamecha. And so you end up with sort of like an Egypt type business. You see some time in which goyim care of God, you have to, to punish the bad without hurting the good. Then the bracha goes on very interesting and subtle way, in my opinion. To kind of shift gears because it says, I'll just tell you, you know, I was asked to give my opinion, so I give my opinion. You know, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I'll play this, I'm going by heart here. Uh, is, what is that? How is that a follow-up? Here you have a completely different element. Really, it's like another bracha. I suspect that that was the original bracha, and they tacked on the al-tzadikim later to that bracha after they composed the Lamashina. That's my opinion. I haven't looked up the scholarly literature on it and all the elbow and these other guys. If anybody suggests that, but that's what it always seemed to me. Again, I could be wrong, but you know, that's that, that's what it seemed to me. Because uh, you have a different uh, bracha, and here it's a prayer for betochen. Or more exactly, it's a prayer to reward those who have betochen. Which obviously, therefore, me, betochen in the sense they trust God will bring a, a redemption. Which obviously reflects the fact that a lot of Jews gave up. Who are the Minim and the Malshinim and all the rest of it? Generally speaking, it would be the type of people that are not both in B'Shem Chabemes. They kind of, you know, had the attitude, Genuk if the Mashiach didn't come now, he ain't, ain't coming. It's a, you know, it's a bunch of baloney or something along those lines, some variation of that. Right? And I know it's going to sound funny, but I would imagine that at the time, I'm going to say something that's sad. You and I today are totally at ease. Uh, and used to the fact that there's no no Mashiach now and probably won't be. Not I mean, what I mean by that is not soon. Now I know formally theologically you say and the possibility is definitely there, but you don't plan for that. You say I'm making a wedding in March, and you don't say you know unless Mashiach comes first. I've heard of some real real super from people that do that, but you know you don't generally see that. Families who invest a lot of money in some wedding or some other business or a new house, not figuring Mashiach is coming. Now, that's wrong, but I'm just saying, you know, that's because it's been 2,000 years now. At the time that the Shemun Esri is composed, it was much shorter. It was what? I don't know exactly. 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. 200 years, I say, after the time of the, the Corbin. And Mashiach had not yet come. Now, from our perspective today, you say, well, what do you want? It was only, that was a thousand years ago, you know, two thousand years ago. What do you expect? Well, they didn't know it's going to go thousands of years. Consider well, when the first base of Mishra was destroyed, it was 70 years to the second, or, or the beginning of the process of the second. And even then, you saw in the book of Yechezkel and Daniel, people being very skeptical. It's been 10 years, it's been 50 years, it's been 70 years, as, as they calculated. Binosi, Basfarim, as Daniel puts it. And nothing had happened, and Jews were giving up. That's why the Novi Yecheskel and Daniel and others try to come and say, no, 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 don't give up. The, the, the goal is coming, it's not true. You know, hold fast, hold to relieve, like in that movie. Hold to relieve. Uh, 
which is which is the job. Al Mishmarti Amoda, you know, like Habakkuk says. Uh, well, it wasn't to push it. And therefore, just to have a Muna that uh, you know, there's gonna be a Mashiach, there's gonna be a Gula, there's gonna be all the rest of it, that Hashem is gonna make a better world, so on and so forth. That Amuna itself became one of the supreme values. After the Rambam says, and all the rest of it, uh, even though the Rambam was criticized by some math and science guys, like, uh, you know, I don't know who was that, the, the Sefer Ikram and others, because, you know, from the theological perspective, why is that a, a theological uh, Iker? But the Rambam was a smart guy. He'd been around the corner a couple of times, and he said, the basic Judaism involves uh, this idea of, of, of Amunah in a geula, uh, it's not the same thing as keeping shop. It's not keeping shop. Perhaps it's even bigger. Now you and I are not accustomed to thinking this way because we live in an era when Orthodox Judaism has assumed kind of very math and science kind of a form, in which the emphasis is on the actual ritual, correct ritual performance of the mitzvahs. But I'm talking about things that go higher than that, and that is, do you believe in the destiny of Kali Yisrael? If a person doesn't believe in the destiny of Kali Yisrael, if he doesn't believe that Bishvil Yisrael Shanik Horatius, that was the reason why it was created, then it's only a matter of time before they stop keeping anything else and they drift out of Judaism altogether. That's what experience shows. We're living through such a period exactly right now. And so it's very interesting that you see, same Sachar Tovachal Botchim Shim Chememes, that if people have Bitochen and they do believe. That a ghoul is coming. And remember, right after this, you're going to do Yerushalayim Mircha and Esetem David. So, the Bitochen has to do with believing that Yerushalayim Mircha and believing Esetem David. To me, that's Pashib. So, we talked about the Malshinim, we talked about the Yamun Rechamecha and the good people. And now you say a, a special little passage, which I tell you, I think was the original passage, uh, for Bali Bitochen. And I don't mean Bali Bitochen like in the Musr Shmuz Vart, you know, which is, you know, a uh, person has bitachon when bad things strike them in life and all that. I mean bitachon at a national level, because Shmona Esri is composed at a national level. You can, of course, read it at a local level, personal level, and I've spoken about that many times. And that is true. That's the genius, you might say, of the Shmona Esri. But it's, you know, plain push it, a, a national prayer, and therefore the bitachon is a national bitachon. And what it's really saying is, if you have a Jew who's lax in many of the mitzvahs, his tefillin ain't the best, his tzitzit ain't the best, his Shabbos could use it an upgrade, you know, <laughs> what would they say now? He, he's European kosher, you know, things like that. Uh, so maybe on the ritual scale, uh, you know, he's, he's not uh, punching his weight. But that person has an amun of shootings. Of course, there's going to be gulver klal yisrael. Of course, sol sunshine the mashiach. How's it go? Mashiach sol shan come in. You know what I mean, right? Sol sunshine the gula. Sol sunshine the gula. This is the first year we didn't do that on simchas torah. Now I just reminded myself. Uh, that plain and simple kind of thing was at the very heart of what a, a Jewish identity was and is. It was a thing that was fostered by the rabbis long ago, thousands of years ago. And frankly, that's what's preserved the Jewish um, survival. And it's not Pashat. 
because you have to pass on generation after generation. And meanwhile, people say, it's, it's thousands of years. What's happening? You know, nothing's happening. And uh, so the first half of the Al-Tzadikim was kind of a negative. In other words, don't punish them as you're going to punish the people in the preceding paragraph of Lama Shinim. But Saint Sagartov is not applied to the Tzadikim and the Chassim. I mean, did you notice that? Why does it say Saint Sagartov, La Tzadikim, La Chassim, La Zikim, La Chassim, La Chassim, I mean, why not? Of course they will. Why would you want that? But the answer is that's not who they were aiming at. They were aiming at the masses. The same masses that they put Lama Shinim in to discourage them from from uh, interactions with the sectarians and the early Christians, the same people are now saying, and hold to relief. You know, keep up the faith, as we would say today. The Mashiach is going to come one day, cause all will be in a better situation. All the stuff we just finished saying on Rosh Hashanah um, Kippur. You know, all that. Uh, a whole different world. That's all saints of You see the interesting part? Uh, obviously, let us not be ashamed. Why would you be ashamed? You see from here that the time the Shmonesu was composed, and this is a truism even afterwards, People are making fun of the Jews because you say, how long are you waiting? What is the argument of Christianity against uh, the, the validity of Judaism? Uh, it's been too long. You know, once upon a time you had a kingdom and all the rest of it, then you uh, dumped the Ashka or something like that. Ever since then, you're, you're, you know, you're uh, in disgrace and it's not going to change. And the Muslims say the same thing. And the Jews said, it will change. I, what's the sign? It will change. Do you really think that all, everybody's going to go do tshuva and then become saints? I don't know, but it will change. Why would it change? I don't know why it will change, but it will change. And one day there will be a gula. You see, like that. So it's it's really very much a faith kind of thing. And it's not a function of being a, 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 a chassid or a tzaddik. It's a function of being a pasha or a yid. That old thing. Uh, and it's just very interesting that... Historians, for example, can read Zionism as a rebellion against Messianism, which is we're not waiting, we're going to do it on our own. Or many historians will say Zionism was a secularized, screwed up form of Messianism. But either way, they say we don't want to be in Gauls anymore. Now that's a complicated subject, but the point is they can understand that people are saying what? They're saying... Uh, you know, the, the 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 ability to cultivate betochen is like a supreme value in Judaism. So you end up and you end up saying, "Brachat Hashem, Mishan and Miftach and Tzadikim." The God is the Mishan and the Miftach. The Miftach is the secure fortress, right? The insurance policy of the Tzadikim. Well, you didn't. It. it I mean, it's funny. You didn't mention the Tzadikim. After the second, you know, after you started saying, Now, I bet you a lot of people one day, Davin, imagine the following that 
refers to the six categories uh, in the first day of Shemonesri. The Tzirim, the Chassidim, the Ziknam, the Chobesi, the place of Rehim, the Algeri, the Yolenu, you know, it's all part of that. Um, I don't think so. I think rather that it means the people that, you know, the Pashet Yid who has the Betochen, which is not an easy thing to do. Like I said before, uh, how you carry out individual ritual performances, that's its own thing. You know, that's its own uh, question. But uh, whether or not you're a Jew means did you tipisa le Mashiach, as the Chazal put over there. Uh, that doesn't obviate the necessity of being honest, no but tipisa le Yeshua is like a big deal. And so, therefore, smack in the middle of Shemonesri. By the way, that is the end We pray for that kind of thing. Then you switch to the Yerushalayim and Semach Novi, in which you actually talk about the Messianic Redemption. I mean, in other words, what, is, what kind of world is it going to be? It's going to be, a, you know, a, a, a utopia. Uh, the preceding the utopia is the people with the Betochen. Because, and listen to this closely, a lot of people, this is very sad what I'm about to say, a lot of Jews over the course of 2,000 years are going to drop along the road. Right, going to drop along the road. Uh, because of the persecutions, because they didn't have that kind of betochen. Uh, so, I'll tell you who's the stupidest person in the world. The person who's who drops out and becomes not Jewish uh, one year before they're coming to Mashiach, you know, or, or something like that. So he's going to say, what kind of dumb mistake did I make? You know, like that. Uh, the person who, as is the case of history, switched, converted, left, and lived and died without seeing any kind of gula, they probably died thinking there isn't going to be a gula, you see? Uh, it's, it takes a special person, and this was cultivated you know, by our parents, especially our mothers, uh, down the centuries, uh, to continue to believe in the, in the gula and all the rest of it, and have to be talking, as he puts it, and therefore, it's just very interesting that this was uh, put together as a special prayer. I think, me, myself, and I, that originally that was the bracha. And then they added on the first half after they came up with the lamashinim. Now, again, I could be wrong, and maybe, you know, it came before and all the rest of it. It doesn't seem to me to be that way. Uh, but I think this uh, uh, plea for for, for uh, Amun Abshuta in the... It, I don't know if Amun Pshut is the right word, but you know what I mean when I say that. Bitochen Pashut uh, is uh, maybe the, 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 the secret of Jewish survival, uh, at least from the historical point of view. Anyway, there's just a few ideas I had. I don't want to go too long. Uh, and I wanted to do this tonight because uh, tomorrow will be very busy. So I want to therefore thank once again Mishpacha Stefanski and as always, and uh, wish everybody a good Shabbos. By the way, for those who are in Baltimore, or in the Baltimore environs, this coming Motsi Shabbos, I'm starting my uh, annual winter Saturday night lecture series uh, at Shomri Muna on, um, what do you call it, on the early 90s. We've been going two years, uh, four years at a time, excuse me, uh, <laughs> two years, four years at a time in... Um, in, in modern Jewish history. We're up to the early 90s over there. And uh, this will be the Clintons. 
And by now, it seems like it was ancient history, the era of the Oslo. If you're at all interested in what I'm talking about, if you go on my show website, which is Beth Abraham Baltimore, you can see the schedule of all the lectures. If you're in Baltimore, you probably got into where, when, and when, Baltimore area. Uh, eventually, they'll be up online, but you know, not in the immediate future. And we'll be engaging in the, uh, oh boy, the, the, the pluses and minuses of Israel and uh, the Arab problems and the American Jews in uh, not that long ago, but somehow very, very long ago. Anyway, so much for that. Uh, I do want to say that we're picking up people for the Israel trip. That's good. And if anybody's interested in information about the specifics of the Israel trip, uh, just send me an email, put you in touch with my son, who's the person running the whole thing. And uh, with that, I wish everybody a good time. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.